Vex, your source for Warhammer Underworlds and under 30 Temptations of Slanesh. I'm your host, Brian, today, and today with me is Davey. Davey, how are you? I'm uh, feeling a little tempted to get this uh, episode underway. Uh, we, we just uh, played a game and we we're so fired up that we're like, let's just record this thing. So, Yes, sir. Um, yeah. I, I uh, Not too much of a spoiler to say we're, we're both pretty fired up about this uh, war ban. And for context, uh, we're recording this on October 2nd, uh, just the day after our Death Gorgeous episode recording. So not much has happened, but uh, we did get a game in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so this is part of our weekly mini-sode marathon, uh, diving deep into the four Death Gorge decks. Uh, giving this a try, let us know what you think of this format. Um, thanks again to GW for a preview copy of this so that we have time to get more in-depth coverage on this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, courtesy, that means that instead of getting hot takes, uh, from first glimpse of cards, we have a chance to play, uh, I think, you know, I have, uh, eight games or so between the two of us with this war band, uh, just to try them out and get some actual tabletop experience with them and have time to record and, and get it out there. So, um, that's, uh, a key piece of it. Absolutely. And if you haven't guessed, today we're covering the Thricefold Discord. Mm. Uh, so we'll be going over their fighter cards, their style, and uh, kind of the hot takes and or hot picks of the deck. Yeah. Um, so we're going to skip over community shoutouts and any sort of uh, hobby progress or what's going on with you, our usual segments. Uh, like we said, is just recorded yesterday, so not much has happened aside from some extra games. Yeah, uh, I've gotten four games in with the uh, Discord. You said you got three or four, so yeah, I got three with and one against. Cool. I have not uh, played against them yet, so yeah. so we'll get into our main topic: the Thricefold Discord. Uh, do you have any? Did you have any first impressions when you saw these revealed? Uh, I mean, obviously, the first impression comes from the models, and we we talked some about that last episode, so I don't need to get too into it. But uh, just what I, they're gloriously weird. Um, and they are so different that how each model looks is very different from each one. And that's represented on their fighter cards as well. They're three extremely different fighters. Um, and I think, uh, I think the thing I would just hammer home is, is real thematic. Um, I actually on the models, one of the things that I find the weirdest and like the most is Vexmore is kind of like ornamental wings. They're not actually mm-hmm, wings, but they're right. definitely like intended to give like he's some weird butterfly. I don't know. Like it's, it's like a horrible a, angel. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, I love the uh, I think it's a Hellraiser quote where it's like angel to some demon to others. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I have not played Age of Sigmar in a long time, but if I was playing, I would be super excited to have these just to represent like heralds or whatever the heck they might be like they, they feel exactly what i'm doing yeah yeah um i can see like putting vex more in the back of a chariot i don't know there's all kinds of cool yeah. stuff yeah so um just top-notch stuff and that i mean that's that's like that gets my foot in the door on any war band is if i'm excited about your models then yeah uh, then i'm you you have my attention so yeah a minor thing for me is like as different as they are, they also have a cool mirroring aspect. So like Bexmore's three move and five health. Mm-hmm. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, Lassevere is five move, three health. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this discordant uh, cross between Vestiges oh, yeah. is five, four and four. Yeah. Uh, so it's, that's cool. That's a good as, take. As I didn't much as, 
as much as they're different, they, they, uh, are a lot alike. And I think that like goes to the bickering aspect that they have. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. cause you have a uh, level one wizard, a no wizard and a level two wizard as well. Yeah. So. Oh man. Love it. It's a cool foil. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was, and my first impression was that they had, uh, some of the core mechanics that they were playing with, uh, were really interesting to me, the, uh, temptations and the false gifts. Uh, yeah. My and- first impression of the temptation was like, uh, it's an ore chosen by your opponent. And I'm just like, cool. How many, like how balanced are these choices to where I'm actually going to see both done? Or mm-hmm. is my opponent always going to choose the one that I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was that was going in. I was like, I, I feel like there's some options. Like they have some some profiles that might be pretty good offensively. They have some great stuff in their power cards, uh, and then their objectives, as we mentioned, seem a little questionable. But needed to see them on the table to to confirm or deny. Yeah, when coming from Dread Pageant, they I feel like they had a really strong objective deck, mm-hmm. uh, and they had uh, I think a middling. Uh, power deck but the few that stood out were like american express cards never leave home without it just <laughs> could not leave those at home lure of slanesh and shared pain among others i just loved uh sickening resilience yep. but it was it was a few uh the yep. rest of them were kind of like mm, i could leave it but now with salvage maybe that's changed a bit, that has changed a bit yeah, I mean, not to get too off on the side tangent, but it's interesting to revisit old favorites uh, with the new, age, even just with salvage, where you're like, oh, this card was fighter restricted and borderline, but now that I can salvage it, right. now I can see some play. So. But with this, so like coming with that mentality, we see kind of an opposite where their power deck is on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, and surprisingly, mentioning salvage none of their cards are restricted aside from to wizards but when you got two wizards in the warband that's helpful yep yeah uh i really like that level two level one setup I, we don't i'm trying to think of a time where we've seen that have we seen that before uh, seen... i think we have okay um, we've seen we have. we've seen warbands with like a, a couple level Exile ones dead. uh there you go yep uh, but I, I really like that setup for redundancy. It's not yeah. overly powerful. I mean, I guess also curse breakers are a level two and two level ones, but, um, right. but this, this seems like a nice middle of the road redundancy level where like, Hey, there's a fallback. Um, there might be another, if you go with force of frost, but, um, yep. more, more on that later. Yep. Um, what, uh, we're, we're going to break into these in a bit, but, um, should we talk, uh, style here? Yeah, so because, like I said, the objectives are kind of lacking, um, they, they don't, I, at least for me, they don't have like a guiding light, mm-hmm. um, but it's hard to, and I think that's indicative because it's hard to award objectives, or it's hard to make objectives that award for controlling your opponent. Mm-hmm. So I think that ultimately they are kind of a control aggro style warband. Did you get the same read? Yeah, I think so. Uh, and I think how hard you lean into each depends. Uh, the control vibes for me came from a lot of those temptations and uh, false gifts, right. having ways to affect enemy fighters to reduce, like to to turn off things that they can do or, or shut down uh, certain aspects of their game. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, if I can find the objectives that support this, then I'm, then I'm in business. Um, and so 
if I can, if I can make that happen, then they have control. If, if, um, how much I can support that determines how much I have to lean back the other way into, uh, into aggro and here control we're using, not in the sense of like holding, we kind of define it aggro hold and control control being like, I'm going to keep you from scoring glory. I must go glory myself. Everyone does it to some extent, but control is really like uh, almost a denial is another way to, to describe it if you're not familiar with that. Right. Yeah. So then uh, what would you say are any standout strengths or weaknesses of the fighter cards or the warband in general with their deck? Well, uh, like I said, I think that the, there's a lot to like in the power cards. Um, the the gambits, the temptations, and the uh, false gifts have a lot of utility in a lot of different situations. So I think that's particularly good. I think the fact that they're a three fighter warband is a, is a strength if you're trying to go with the control route because they give up. Uh, I was going to say they bleed three glory. They actually bleed four if you kill everybody in the warband. You get four glory because right. Vexmore starts at five wounds. Um, right which is uh, worth noting. Um, uh, but, you know, he's got damage reduction. You have ways of getting some pretty good defensive profiles. Uh, so I uh, I think those are some of the, those are some things that lead me towards that uh, that option of, of control um, that, that helps them out. What, what did you and see? So uh, it comes in a core box. So like this mm. is potentially a warband that somebody would be starting with. Is there a weaknesses or that you would caution them about? Uh, uh, if somebody's. Yeah, sure. So we're used to seeing uh stormcast be the ones that are mm-hmm. dealing with, uh, dealing with inspire mechanics that hinge off of what, what specifically do you see on dice rolls? And uh, these guys absolutely uh, struggle with that. Uh, it, it point of comparison was the dread pageant who wasn't really dice roll based but was often very hard they're often hard to right. get that inspire off and so you you kind of game plan around i i'm gonna play this game as if i will not inspire and if it happens then cool i'm i'm all the better for it right these guys you are going to inspire some of them probably not all of them uh for example in the games i've played i've been part of i've literally never seen vexmore inspire as far as i can tell and some of that is because i i when i'm playing i kind of tool up vashtus um but uh it it is a thing where you don't have a ton of control over you can try to uh you can try to do some things like uh we'll we'll talk about the fighter cards specifically but some some of them inspire easier than others yeah, because uh, as squabbling demons, they inspire when the other one of their own warband fails. Uh, right. Hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like Bashdish is kind of more reliable. She's that middle of the road. Um, whereas Vexmore, he's easy to inspire less severe. Uh, yeah. Vexmore is rolling one dice on defense, one dice on offense. So he's very slothful. Yeah. Uh, one dice on casting if you want to risk a game yeah. on, on that. So, <laughs> yep. Uh, meanwhile, Vashtish, I've wanted to kind of risk her sooner because I want Vexmore inspired on two block with his mm-hmm. tanky five health. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's far harder than I've gambled. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have actually seen him inspired twice and both times it's really effective. Yeah, uh, I believe it. Because when he goes to two block and two hammers, uh, he becomes a lot more reliable and a lot uh, very dependable. Yeah. Um, the... Yeah, I, I feel like I was just spamming casting attempts with Vashdish on uh, some spell cards. Yeah, 
is how I got that. Should we break down some of these fighter cards just a little bit? Yeah. Uh, so let's start with the, the big, beautiful man himself, Vexmore. Uh, yeah. Three move, one block, and five health. Mm-hmm. He's the leader. He's got Slanesh as a keyword, and he's a level one wizard. Uh, his indolent glaive weapon attack is range two, one smash, three damage. Mm-hmm. And he has Locus of Indolence, minus one damage to a minimum of one, two attack actions that target this fighter if there are no successes in this fighter's defense roll. Yeah. Yeah. So- uh, that comes up a fair amount, actually. And you can almost think of it as uh, one thing I, I noticed was you can almost think of it as like cleave insurance uh, yep. be- because the cleave rules read as uh, shields do not count as successes in the fighter's defense roll. So if somebody's attacking with cleave, you're either critting out of it, probably, uh, if you manage to roll a crit, or you're getting minus one damage. Um, yeah. And that that's actually, uh, th- this has been better than I thought it would be. Um, uh, and yeah, pretty, pretty handy. It offers more scenarios for the dice results to be a boon in some fashion. Uh, mm-hmm. There's still those niche cases where you roll a success, but the opponent rolled better in their attack roll, and so yeah. you failed unsuccessfully, or you failed unsuccessfully, or successfully, right. and it, yeah, and it's uh, it's led to me role playing a little bit where I'm like, you can't <laughs> even fail successfully, like, yeah, uh, and that's where <laughs> the most uh, kind of gripiness I get is like, ah, <laughs> he couldn't even like he couldn't just miss this roll and inspired yeah. another fighter, but no. Yeah, uh, he has this interesting thing with this uh, attack where it's it's kind of like the uh, wolf bite, uh, the uninspired wolf bite on on Rippa's. Where like it's probably not going to hit, but if it does, that's yeah. three damage. You know, that's pretty pretty boss. Yeah. Um, the yeah, I this this uh, damage reduction thing has is situationally like really problematic for some warbands. Like I was, we just played where I was running Gore Chosen and I had in hand uh, a kill surge that needed me to kill with the exact damage. And I was like, oh, Vex more. Come on, man. Yeah. Like, I don't like, are you going to, are you going to uh, like duck, not, duck out of or force me to get not quite the right amount of damage? Uh, not an appealing target. Yeah. Um, I would say a weakness for him is he is, uh, he, at starting out, he's the lowest defensive profile. We'll get why Le Severe actually has the same defensive step. It has some other stuff helping her out. Right. Uh, Vexmore, just one dice on defense and five health means that he's a source of two glory if you are too cavalier with him. So right. that's, and a, just that's a, a potential problem. And a quick mention is if he inspires when Vashtis uh, fails... Mm-hmm. And on his inspired side, he goes up to two block and two smash for his attack. No yeah. other changes. Yeah. Um, so you're really but, trying to get that, but he is the yeah. most difficult to inspire. Yeah. Um, two smash, two, three damage, two block with damage reduction if everything fails is really juicy. Really nice. Yeah. Um, Vashtis. Here's here's my problem. Are, are we going to move on to Vashtis here? Yeah. Yeah, so Vashtis is a four move, four wounds, two dodge. You always like to see that. Vashtis is because of the the build I was trying with Force of Frost, uh, which wanted to cast a lot of spells. Uh, Vashtis was kind of the linchpin with uh, the, her starting out on casting level two. Um, flying, which I think I persistently forgot. You don't look at that model and say that's definitely a flying model. Um, <laughs> it's just but, uh, coiled springs beneath her. Yeah, the... Uh, uh, a, Two range, two smash, two damage attack is real solid. 
a very uh, run-of-the-mill spell attack, three range, focus, one damage for attacking. Um, Vashus for the Inspire, that spell attack uh, goes up to channels, still one damage, but range four. Uh, and this is this is why Vashus was such an important piece for me. It was with a control build, especially if a magic control build, where you're trying to run off a lot of spells. I'm going to make a lot of spell attempts. I want a lot of spell successes. Well, the Lash of Slanish there gives you like a repeatable spell attack that's pretty high accuracy. Uh, and that that is a way to really kind of farm some of those spell attempts and spell successes. Right. So um, to say nothing of like your level two is the one you want to be casting gambits if you really want them to go off. Now, if you want them to fail so you can inspire somebody, well, Vexmore is your guy. Yeah, there's definitely a magic build where you're leaning on Vashtis more than Vexmore as the leader for your mm-hmm. game plan. Yep. Uh, uh, she does yeah. also have an ability, which I find is probably the least uh, apparent one that is cop- propped up. Yep. Vexmore has a damage reduction. She has Locus of Paramountcy, mm-hmm. uh, so adjacent enemy fighters cannot be supported while they are the target of an attack action. Yeah, uh, and even just reading this, because I have almost never had it trigger, but... Uh, if you somehow got a scything attack on her, I don't know if there's a lot of options for that since she's range two. Um, but if she could find a way to scything, she's going to be pretty accurate with that because she's going to deny all those supports to her uh, targets. And uh, and it's Ooh, not if a sh- we, we would be talking about this uh, later, but uh, the perfect blade with <laughs> mighty swing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gross. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, adjacent enemy fighters cannot be supported. This this actually affects if you're the rest of your warband's attacking, which is uh, even more corner case, but right. not nothing. So uh, yeah, it's neat to have, and don't forget it. Try and keep it in mind, but it's pretty niche, and I don't believe I've yet seen a use case. Maybe yeah. I've overlooked it. Well, I think that's uh, entirely it. I think it's an easy one to overlook uh, on both yeah. sides. And so I think you're going to catch some people by surprise there. But uh, only works on offense. Yeah. Yeah, if it was defense as well, I feel like it would be much more. Yeah. Uh, that just leaves mind. your uh, your fave. Do you want to cover this one? <laughs> yeah, Lassavir, the Bladed Blessing. Uh, keywords, Slanesh, Assassin, and Brawler. Woofda, yeah. Yeah. Uh, five move. One block, three health. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a little dainty, but uh, Carnal Blades is range one, three swords, and two damage. Yeah. Uh, and That's pretty run-of-the-mill until you see the next piece. Well, they do also have Locus of Carnality. Exactly. So this fighter is considered to have an additional supporting fighter. So that's effectively three hammers uninspired. Yeah. Uninspired. And it's effectively one more pip on your defense dice because this is not... Yep. Uh, it doesn't specify attacking or defending. It's uh, both. Yes. Uh, and they inspire when Vexmore fails, which is quite easy considering how slothful <laughs> yeah, he is. Right. Uh, so I often see her inspire. Yeah. On her inspired side, uh, move, defense, and her wounds don't change. Neither does her locus of carnality. So it's just her weapon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carnal Blades goes up to three hammers now, two damage, and Grievous one. So, like you just said, locus of carnality means that that's three hammers plus. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. pretty rad. This is one of the most accurate on-card attacks in the game. 
um, yeah. you know, before anything gets added. And the Grievous one means now you have a second fighter threatening up to three damage and she's rolling enough dice that, yeah, it, it might happen. Yeah. Um, here's, here's what I love about this locus of carnality. This is the best locus in the, in the war band is, yeah. Uh, it doesn't say counts as having a supporting fighter or uh, it says an additional. So if you do generate another support and all of a sudden you're double supports, um, and that is not out of the question. I think it happened, uh, it happened in our last game. Um, and because it's on defense, if you find a way, which there is right here in the faction deck to give an extra defense dice, uh, you know, say get less severe up to two block with the, what is it? The helm of insight, uh, then it's it's not just two block; it's two block and a support. That is that is a gross defensive profile. Absolutely, there's some. I, it's a favorite of mine. Yeah. Uh, so just in summary, because uh, we've got the three fighters, and each one of them has a locus of ability. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're embodiments of different aspects of Slanesh. So Vexmore is indolency, which is habitual laziness or sloth. <laughs> uh, Vashtis is paramountcy, which is the state or fact of being of greater importance than anything else. And yeah. then carnality is what you would imagine uh, for Slanesh is morbid desire or propensity to lewdness. Uh, I would have thought more like slashing blades, but uh, no, more <laughs> Slanesh on brand. Yeah, uh, actually uh, talking about on brand stuff, the Lysavir has got a great quote is uh give yourself over to me i can grant you pleasure that will last a lifetime uh what what is not said here but you can read between the lines that lifetime might not be very long yeah (laughs) uh yeah so like we said like three really different fighters yeah which has been on brand for uh so far in underworlds with dread pageant having four very different fighters um Mm -hmm. yeah but yeah they're very unique so, uh, moving on to cards, do we want to start with surges or end phase cards? Callouts for strong cards in kind of each of the categories. Yeah, let's maybe go with the surges. Yeah, so this is where, like we've mentioned, uh, the objectives kind of struggle, but I feel like that's more in the end phase. The surges, mm-hmm. I I think there's actually like a lot of tools here. Maybe you don't take all of them, but if if a objective pool is going to have its strengths you i think you want them in the surges because they help get the ball rolling and the the game plan moving yeah uh, get that seed glory right yeah so i think uh quick call out uh, to cacophony and cruel chorus so cacophony is score immediately after your fourth uh fourth or subsequent casting roll in the same phase uh, for yeah. one glory just straight up casting roll doesn't have to be successful Right. So some reliable, like we said with Vashtis, she has an innate uh, spell attack action. Uh, so you can just spam that for four activations. Not exactly efficient, but it's a backup. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you also have Cruel Chorus, which is Surge, score this immediately after your warband casts a second or subsequent spell in the same phase. Yeah. So two Surges for doing the same game plan. Not yeah. bad. It's these two cards just on their own, just the presence of these two that made me say like, okay, there has, has to be a build that can get me like a sort of magic control. Cause I have, I have two one glory surges, one of which doesn't count about 
care about success or failure. And the other is pretty, pretty modest if you're including um, channels and, and that sort of thing. Like this, this feels like a, a doable setup. So I, I, it's, it's funny because it all it takes is a couple cards before you're like, Hey, there might be a build here. And they, they are the uh, kind of baseline where you can then maybe fill it in with enough other stuff to make that happen. Yeah, and if you're returning to the game, magic is back. <laughs> yeah, this uh, yeah. this Death Gorge is preceded by Weird Hollow, where we have seen a resurgence in magic. So mm-hmm. the Age of Night Vault has returned in a new form, and magic is back, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the other surges in there, uh, there is Born of Damnation, uh, which there's... I don't want to say it's like a anti synergy. This, this is a uh, score immediately after playing your second or subsequent temptation in the same phase, the temptations you, I, I think there's some really great ones. There's some middle of the road ones and some ones that I'm, I'm less sold on. Uh, and your tolerance for how many you need to have in your deck to feel like you can score. This is, is going to kind of determine whether this can make it. Uh, if you're doing the other two, like the magic direction, then you're trying to split your deck between temptations and uh, gambit spells, and that's that maybe pulls you in a couple of different directions. I think they built the deck, the rivals deck. Actually, these these work okay in concert. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if you are going nemesis or championship, you you may have to pick one or the other direction to go. Yeah. Uh, so my call out for the American Express card is escalating screams mm-hmm. uh, surge score this immediately after a friendly fighter successful supported attack action for one glory yeah uh lassivere can score this by herself yep yep uh and there's even a little bit of gambit support for this down the way lassivere yep. is a great one though because uh this doesn't say you don't have to roll a support for it to happen you just have to be supported and lassivere is uh, is really accurate, so really likely to pop this off. So if, as long as you play safe with Lassevere until you see this, um, this is a real, real solid score. And with five moves, she can missile out from the backfield. Yeah. Got another uh, surge card you'd like to call out? I think the other two are a little bit more corner case. I think they get yeah. uh, get cut pretty well, so I'd be good moving on to the end phases if you're, if you're up for it. All right. And this is where we get into some slim pickings. Uh, yeah. Is there a favorite here for you? Uh, I'm going to speak to this from the control aspect where I'm looking for things that I can score that uh, are relatively reliable. There, there's not, the short is like, no, there's not a lot here. Uh, I did include indulgence given form in mind. It's just a one glory end phase. It has a lot of requirements. Uh, so you have to be, you have to have an inspired friendly fighter. Uh, they have to have an upgrade and they have to be on an objective token. Uh, and so it says in an end phase, if one or more surviving inspired friendly fighters each have one or more upgrades and are each on an objective token. Yeah, I, I found this to be bad. Yeah, one or more surviving. So what I'm trying to figure out is if you have more than one inspired, do they all have to do this thing? One or more surviving. I think you can do it just one inspired with an upgrade on an objective. It's a lot to ask. However, if you are a passively scoring deck and can find a way to get that one inspired person an upgrade on that, then it's reliable yeah, it does not require a kill. So it is there for a passive build. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the times I was playing this, I was running them with breakneck slaughter, and positioning is not a, not very viable mm-hmm. when running breakneck slaughter. So sure, yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
so that was that the, the other one I included in a um, control build was obsession advice, which needs a friendly or an enemy dead with a false gift. It's not great though. Like this is definitely me scraping the bottom of the barrel because you at most have three false gifts in deck. You have to get it out and that fighter has to die. Yeah. Uh, it helps that it can be on either side. So yeah. like I specifically, you know, gave a false gift to somebody and then killed that person so that I would score this, but that, that is uh, too much setup for a one glory. So yeah, this is, I this found... is not, this is not where, uh, where the control money happens. No, I've, I, I do think indulgence given form has passive play and mm-hmm. considering later discussions, I think it will make it back into my good graces, but obsession advice has fallen out of my good graces. Um, yeah. It has been too much to ask. And especially for one glory two glory, I'd be like, mm, but yeah, best case scenario. I see this, um, is, you know, we'll, uh, perfect blade turns off the other upgrades that the fighter has equipped yeah. and turning off an extra wound to cause that fighter to die, uh, is my best <laughs> case scenario nice. for yeah. obsession advice. Yeah. Um, uh, there is uh, the only other one I thought about uh, cycling was Triumph of Carnality. It needs four more fighters to have wound counters or be dead. That does like late in the game that just happens. This you is know, my reliable one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So unless um, you unless you get smoked and you aren't able to get anything off on the opponent, like even if all three, even if you're tabled and your opponent has one dead, you'll score yeah. it. As long, as long as you put a wound on anybody before you died, you'll score this. But yeah, <laughs> in that scenario, you're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Because you were more from the aggro perspective with your breakneck ballet. Yeah. What uh, Was there something else that you're reaching for? So Triumph of Carnality uh, is my faithful. The difficult, more difficult to score, but is a big reward, is Triumph of Paramountcy. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you brought this one up. This is a this is a weird one. Go for it. Yeah, so score this in an end phase if a leader is the only surviving fighter in one or more warbands. Mm-hmm. So leave their leader alive as the last one, or you only have Vexmore alive. Yeah, uh, it's it was weird because so I was playing a game against Skyler. I had Obsession Advice in hand, and I had Triumph of Paramountcy. I had Vexmore and Lassevere alive. Uh-oh. <laughs> and Lassevere had a extra wound on her, keeping her alive. Um, and Skylar, instead of trying to kill Lassevere, just walked away. Oh. Ooh. And oh, that so, was like four glory. <laughs> yep. If he had killed Lassevere, it would have been one glory for him and two glory or four glory for me. Yeah. So, but it's it's certainly not a reliable one you got to really plan for it it's uh it's interesting but considering the uh bottom of the barrel as the end phase cards are for this deck it's considerable worth considering uh, i could definitely see if you were doing that passive build uh and trying to sit back, it'd be a lot easier to keep Vexmore the only one alive if you would just have him in the back and you're just kind of letting them go at Vashdish. Actually, that is a good point. Uh, so I think that might be, if you are not, I think if you're going magic, this doesn't fly because Vashdish is the one that you're protecting. But I think if you're protecting Vexmore and giving up other people, if Vashdish dies, then Vexmore gets really hard to kill. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, yep. and there is ways to get um, Vexmore to be a caster that you, as a backup. If, if yeah. probably if we're talking, I don't think, we'll, we'll get into Nemesis pairings, but uh, I think there's ways. So uh, I do I do think in Surges we glossed over, we didn't talk about Violent Excess. Uh, score this immediately after Warband, second or subsequent successful attack action that targeted the same fighter in the same phase. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it is more of an edge case, like you said, um, but I, I do, I do actually like it. Um, if you're not going with cacophony and cruel chorus, if you're not investing in the casting, uh, yeah. then you're left with two, maybe three surges. Sure, uh, and violent excess would be one of those three, in my opinion. I mean, it's not even impossible for this to, I, I would actually consider slotting this into that control build because a lot of times in that control build where you are like hanging way back, they put a lot of energy into sending like uh, trying to get at least somebody forward to engage and then you have one person that you can pile in on. Uh, yeah. And then if you're doing it with the Vashtis spell attack, like that's a great yeah. way, that's a ac- high range, high accuracy thing. It's just, it's a, the demand of having two successful attacks is yep. uh, sometimes a lot to ask. But there's what, a lot uh, of uh, support tech. Yep, yep, yep. Making what, more uh, if, if we're talking, I think you and I both included uh, this other end phase. Uh, tell me about Euphoric Killers. Like, lay that out Euphoric. and then t- give me your thoughts on that one. Oof. This one, uh, more often than not, has... Like, it, it, it scored early in one of my early games, but often I just find that I don't... I only have one fighter remaining. Yeah, uh, that that's been breaks. the thing for me too. Like it, it feels like, it feels like it should be doable. Yep. Uh, it because it only asks for one fighter to be dead, which that is, you know, in some matchups that's casual that you're gonna yeah. get that. But the problem is having having enough inspired surviving fighters because yeah. you need you need two inspired. So I've had it where yeah, I got two surviving fighters, but yeah. guess what? Vexmore still not inspired. Uh, yeah. Or or. You know, I've got fascist. She's inspired, but nobody else is alive. So. Yeah, it's been teetering on the edge for me. Yeah, um, it feels. I mean, that two glory is enough to keep tempting me, though. Yeah, I know it's it's been teetering, and I think my current iteration has it cut. Yeah. So that covers objectives. Um, I think there's still plenty to work with here. Um, yeah. It's uh, enough for Nemesis. Sure. I think Championship makes is totally fine. Like these guys are going to yeah. be great in championship i think mm-hmm. on to the gambits yep. uh what would you like to highlight first i think let's uh at least point out here that there's three spells and there's mm-hmm. six temptations yeah um yeah so that leaves one normal ploy yeah uh i since i was talking about the uh the spell setup i'll i'll kind of hit those i think yeah. Ivan of slanesh is a great one. It all, it plays just like a temptation. Uh, it just needs a channel to go off, and then you can either deal one damage or push a chosen fighter one hex. And it has to be within three of the caster, so it is range limited. Uh, I think if you are including this, you you maybe even try to play on a board with lethals. You have a low fighter count, so you can try to avoid those yourself. But then position it to be like, hey, I can do a damage to you, or I can push you into lethal and do a damage to you. Like, <laughs> yeah, kinda, you know, one or the other. Um, that's the the time I got it off. That's exactly how it how it nice. played. Um, acquiescence was is a channel just stagger someone within four. 
it's pretty bad until you think about how it maybe factors in. If you, it, it actually plays in okay with the game plan of uh, cast a lot of spells because if you stagger somebody, you set them up for more successful uh, spell attacks, whether that be Vashtis' ability or some upgrade you may have put on somebody. Yeah, um, and like of that. note, if it's not a spell attack, mm-hmm. then stagger doesn't allow a reroll. Right, that's true. Um, but but uh, it can it can help you kind of unlock that if you're if you're triggering more of those attacks. Uh, and then it has a it's a weird edge case where uh, Vexmore can try to cast this uh, two thirds of the time he'll get it off, and then one third of the time he will inspire Lassevere. So yeah, if you want to get Lassevere inspired in the power step, well there you go. And it, it, you can think about that as hey, I'm about to charge with Lassevere. Right. Uh, I'm either going to boost Lassevere's uh, accuracy by staggering the fighter, or I'm going to boost last of year's accuracy by inspiring because it's right. more failed. So, uh, those, and then, uh, the last gambit is a, well, there's, uh, this really weird ping, uh, soul slice shards as a channel deal one damage to an enemy fighter that is furthest from the caster. It is not a choose. So you don't even have to see the fighter you're targeting. Um, and this is this is something that I think just puts an extra mental tax on your opponent, right? Because usually you're like, well, especially in the in the age of uh, held in the bloody fist off of paths of prophecy, where it's, hey, I'm going to have somebody damaged and on an objective. You're like, well, don't make it the furthest one away because I will, I will shred another damage onto that person, uh, potentially right. killing them. So and having the ability to cast this from either Vashtish or Vexmore offers mm-hmm. two different avenues of setting up who is furthest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I found this to be more flexible than I thought. I, I, I actually quite like that one. Yeah, so, same. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Do you want to you want to talk a little temptation? Yeah. So for the temptations, you got six of them. So if you're considering bringing Born of Damnation to to uh, use two temptations in the same round or in the same phase, uh, how strong are these six? Yeah. I would say five. Uh, I think there's only one that's kind of a never like, so just to cover the weakest of the bunch, in my opinion, uh, illusion of power temptation. Uh, each one has slightly different verbiage. There's mm-hmm. usually a condition to trigger this. And then you hand the card to the opponent and they choose either condition. Um, so in illusion of power temptation pick, an opponent with one or more power cards in their hand. That player picks one. Each player, starting with that player, can give one upgrade from their hand to one fighter without spending any glory points. Or that player discards two power cards or one power card if they only have one in their hand. Yeah. It is really hard to picture the scenario where somebody says, yeah, I'm going to discard power cards rather than let both of us get a free upgrade. Yeah. I have not yet run this because... It's super early edge case. Um, I I heard you had some success with it though. Uh, I don't. <laughs> did I? I, I, as, I? As I understand it, you, uh, your opponent chose the free upgrade because they're always going to. Yeah. Um, it, which is the biggest detriment of this card. Yeah. Uh, but by getting that free upgrade out, you were able oh, to get another right. upgrade called Icon of Excess, which essentially gives. Uh, the Discord, the ability to be a little bit of a Deantelos. Yeah. Uh, so 
get that out and then yeah exactly so there, there's a key one out i think uh i think actually now i think about it i, I might have uh done this and then laid out um i gave a very vulnerable fighter plus one wound with a false gift and then killed that fighter and then scored two glory so this uh, this basically was like a, a glory gambit so uh now that now that i remember um it was you know combo centric but like yeah edge case like really things had to line up for it to be I think, you know, sometimes awesome, most of the time, pretty meh. So here's an FAQ question that I think tackles all future temptations that we're going to talk about. Uh, Say you do this and you just Mm -hmm. happen to guess correctly that your opponent has five ploys or gambits. (laughs) And they can't do the upgrade option. Right. So does that mean they, they, they do have the condition met where they have cards in hand? Mm-hmm. but they can't do the free upgrade yeah so our question is like uh it's kind of twofold like what if can i play that i mean some of these you just don't know whether they can right. meet one of the conditions some of them you know for sure whether they can meet one of the conditions uh so the question is like if i know that they can't meet one of the conditions can i still play it and then if i can are they allowed to choose the option that's impossible to do right if they don't have the upgrade mm-hmm. can they still choose that option and you just get the free upgrade yeah i think or, that probably is the case in this case which makes this yeah. card even less because if you if they get five ploys and they can't do an upgrade and they just allow you to so it's it's positive for you but like we're never going to see them play the discard two power cards right right i mean you have to really draw on some trash um yeah. Or be really, really scared of an upgrade coming out. Yeah. Uh, and so. the Slenish player not having any glory to spend of their own. Right. Right. So very edge case with this card. Uh, um, but you, you say you like the other five. So, yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite of the five? Uh, I do. It is uh, words of praise. Yep. This is pick a fighter in one opponent's warband. The fighters pick one. Push that fighter up to two hexes towards a fighter in your warband. Uh, so drag somebody in, uh, or if they don't want you to do that, then you say that guy can't use that player cannot activate that fire. This effect persists until the end of the phase. Whoa! This is this used to be done by like saying you get a charge token, but that no longer is as crushing as it used to be. Right. Uh, so you can read this kind of as you're going to pull somebody to towards you because they're going to be really reluctant to pick that other option. Right. Um, on occasion, it'll, it'll still go off, but it, you can put somebody in a really tough position with that. Yeah. Especially if they're like lingering next to a, a lethal hex and they got one health remaining. It might be <laughs> the yeah. one time where you'll see the second condition. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you bring up like a very specific scenario, but what, what you talked about when we were playing earlier was setting up, trying to you looking at these temptations in your hand. You're like, okay. And it's so, it's so thematic, right? Like I'm going to make this so that both options are as bad as I can possibly make them. But here, uh, here's another option is you play this on a hold objective war band where like, say you have czar bags yeah. and they want to hold objectives with a wizard, play that on czar bag. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're already passive and they're just sitting back and not doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, uh, it is real solid. I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, some great control there. 
Yeah. Um, Irresistible Feast needs to be talked about. Uh, this is Temptation. Play this only if one or more enemy fighters are adjacent to one or more friendly fighters. Pick an opponent, that player picks one. That player deals one damage to each fighter adjacent to one or more fighters. Or I, the thriceful Discord player, deal one damage to a fighter in that player's warband. Yeah. It's interesting where, uh, and I haven't thought through the different cases, but the two options are, one is that, that the opponent deals one damage to every fighter or you deal damage to a fighter of your choice. So yeah. the source of the damage is an interesting distinction between these two. I haven't really thought of about what that exactly means, but yeah. So uh, go ahead. Uh, if you're playing against Wormspat, don't. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the card requires that you have some skin in the game. So my thought is, as long as the Thriceful Discord player can get one character adjacent to two enemy uh, characters or yeah. uh, fighters, then they're going to let you ping them yeah. once rather yeah. than they ping everybody. Because say the Thriceful fighter is adjacent to two, all three of them are getting pinged. Yeah. Uh, but what I found too is if you're playing against... Uh, a lot of fighters and they have multiple people on spawn points that are adjacent to each other. Those people are also getting pinged. It's not just the people in adjacency with the thricefold player. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. like swarm warbands beware, uh, but then they're just going to pick the one. Right. So my favorite way to contemplate making this as bad as possible for my opponent is if they already have a vulnerable fighter who is like critical, like say Zarbag on an objective who needs to be the wizard holding uh, would they take that damage on their whole warband rather than let Zarbag get pinged, sniped? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is a terrible choice to have to make. Um, and I think that's, that's how you want to run these. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, fun to contemplate. Yeah. Uh, so run through another one that I like is well-earned rest temptation, pick an opponent that player picks one. You give a fighter in that player's warband that has no tokens one charge token, or you can remove up to two move or move and stagger tokens from surviving fighters. Yeah. So you can free up your own options, or you can give an opponent fighter a charge token. Right. Yeah. And you have the choice of who gets the charge token. It can't be yeah. somebody who's already moved uh, or already has, actually, if they've already been put on guard or are staggered then all of a sudden they're no longer eligible for this but uh most of the time that i've dropped this it has been the other one the two move and stagger and this this comes back to our question about what happens if there are no move and stagger tokens anywhere on the board exactly yeah is is that an option that can be picked because if you pick i mean up to two could be zero but if zero is nothing like we have a weird precedent from healing like healing zero is not healing so yeah yeah, so, and the condition is just pick an opponent. So it's, this card can go off, and yep. then one of the facets can be met, so the card can be played. Yeah. But can the opponent just pick the option that results in nothing? Yeah, I think I think this is one that you can set up better by taking what, what looks on the surface like a pretty tame move. So, you know, maybe move Lassevere into a, uh, move on to an objective or something like that, or move forward a little bit. So you're still s relatively safe, but now you're within five range of somebody. And then now you drop this and you say, okay, like you can let, 
you can either let Lassevere have a charge or you can have one of your fighters no longer able to activate until you're charged out. Yeah, and I could see where if you're playing like Breakneck Slaughter and you're out of position due to momentum stuff, getting a little bit into the Nemesis pairing, but it, I could see you having to make a move in order to yep. get back into position and then you want to set up a charge. Yeah. Well, no. Sure. Yeah. 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 A lot of possibilities. So yep. I think I think how clever you are about setting up the board for these things will determine how much mileage you get out of them. Right. Yeah. Uh, so kind of running through the last two, I think last two, right? Yeah. Um, Vision of Wealth, pick an opponent with one or more unspent glory points. That player picks one. Push a fighter up to two hexes towards the nearest objective token, or that player spends one glory point. Uh, so can, can be big early. Yeah, what I missed on this previously is that you push a fighter up to two hexes toward the nearest objective token, and it is not warband specific. So it could be a friendly, it could be an enemy. Like you have, uh, if if your opponent chooses that option, you have a ton of flexibility on uh, who gets pushed. Uh, the thing is that unless it's early in the game. Yeah. That one glory point being spent is not that big a deal. Right. Yeah. So this one's often left home as well with illusion of power. Yeah. So, um, which is weird. You know, yeah. Cause like early in the game, like if, the, if it's their first glory, this is crushing. Like right. this is a really big deal. Uh, if it's late in the game, this is absolutely nothing, you know? Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the last one, heart's desire, temptation, pick an opponent, that player picks one. You push one fighter in that player's warband up to two hexes so that fighter is adjacent to one or more fighters from your warband, or stagger each fighter from that player's warband that is within three hexes of one or more fighters from your warband. Yeah. Uh, so this one, if you make your first activation charge with one of the thricefold fighters into the depths of their warband, you play this, and essentially you can bring somebody closer to another one of your targets, uh, drag them in, you know, they just have to be like, maybe drag them through a lethal is ideal scenario or you're threatening staggering a bunch of fighters on their warband. Yeah. And this, this push is a little more flexible than I first realized. Uh, you use it today on me and, uh, it is not like push two hexes towards one of your friendly fighters. They do have to end adjacent, but you could right. push them if they're already like next to somebody, you could push them to, to be next to somebody else. Uh, you could push them to, to like kind of circle around an existing, you know, uh, adjacency. So this is, this is a little bit more of a flexible, um, push than I first realized until you, until you busted it out. And that, that, uh, global stagger is, is pretty gross too. So. Yeah. Or just simply pulling them off of an objective. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're you say, in their midst and you don't want that stagger, yeah. leave the objective or be very vulnerable to getting killed off that objective. Right. Yeah. I, I think this is a solid one. Yeah, I, I do like this one a lot. Yeah. All right. Uh, I think that just leaves us one with one remaining ploy, uh, Sublime Harmonies. You want to break that one down? Sure. Yeah. Uh, this one is a, another one that is like uh, kind of game state dependent early on, has the potential to be extremely powerful, later less so. But this is in the next activation, each friendly fighter supports each friendly fighter within three hexes. Uh, so if the thricefold are all close to each other, this is one, this is like the one card where they kind of work together. And I, I actually, I love the art on this, um, where yeah, they're <laughs> Vexmore and Vashtis are like singing. Yeah. Singing, singing Vexmore is my spirit animal right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, 
this is uh, this is kind of a tremendous uh, tremendous accuracy or defensive boost. Um, you were leveraging multiple cards that gave uh, double defense dice. If you have somebody who's all of a sudden two defense dice with full supports, no matter where you attack them from, oof. Uh, and supports are not like not like uh, blocks or dodges, which can be negated by cleaving and snare. So I think you had one point where you just played this card. I was attacking into a, a, a staggered fighter, uh, a staggered Vexmore, and I basically was going to have to get two successes or a crit because every face of the dice was going to be successful for you. Yeah. Well, and what had happened was I had played another oh, yeah. ploy in order to, to go put him on guard. guard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the Vexmore was. Yeah. Uh, it was only one dice, yeah. but I that made full support with guard meant that he was com- every die facing was a success. And yeah. Davey only rolled a single success. <laughs> I know. Yeah, Drum, you fool. Um, yeah, that was that was uh, that was a rough start. Uh, so cool. Uh, what I love about this is that it is uh, offensive and defensive in nature. Yeah. So I don't think it's busted. Uh, I think it's solid. I think it sometimes might end up as your eleventh or twelfth gambit. Um, but I think situationally it can be incredibly powerful, especially especially bring it with you if you are bringing uh, is it escalating screams the one that yes. wants supports yeah which yeah. I I called that my never leave home without it American Express card so I'm bringing Sublime <laughs> Harmonies because I find that this card is always useful um, yep. even if it is kind of like it, the only time it's not and it's dead is if you're down to one fighter remaining right which has happened yep so cracking into upgrades. Uh, mm-hmm. we've got three false gifts that we've previously mentioned. Uh, uh, do you, what's your favorite of the three? Oh man. And uh, how do, and, and how do they work on it? Okay. So at, at their core, every one of these gives a benefit and a drawback and, uh, they can be given to a friendly fighter or you can pick a specific enemy fighter to give them to. Right, so they have a pro and a con, but yeah. massive versatility. And so, what I love is that you can be like, "All right, I'm going to play this. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to play this where it does the most benefit." So, if like if there's somebody a friendly fighter where the benefit is great, like uh, for example, we already talked about it, but less severe getting the Helm of Insight, which is two block, which cannot yep. be modified further. Uh, also on last severe is on two block and counts as always having a support. That's a great, great defensive profile. And the drawback Massive. in that case is, uh, don't have line of sight to fighters more than two away. Last well, don't care. Yeah. Range one. Uh, and it was like, Oh man, I, I had a line on maybe killing last severe and this feels real bad. Um, all three of these, all three of these false gifts also have the, you get a, a action called resist, which is break this card. But man, the the penalty of spending an entire activation to break something, like if somebody gives up one of their twelve activations in in a game, uh, that's a I mean that's just straight up a win right there. So, yeah, I, I will take that. Uh, yeah. Have you seen anybody break it? Nope. Nope. Uh, Same. Nope. Yeah, and it often has to do with the timing of placement, like playing it late in the round or playing it right before. Often I'll play right. it like right before it makes a, a big difference. So. You know, if I put invincible armor, which is uh, plus one wound, minus two move, uh, that's oftentimes great on your own stuff. I'm going to move somebody yeah. out of kill range, um, but it could be used to say like, hey, you have one activation left and you need your full movement to make this charge. Here's minus two move. And they're like, well, great. You know, now I can't make this charge. 
So maybe they just break it or maybe they just cycle. But like, I mean, that activation is such an expensive thing. I've never seen somebody do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you mentioned invincible armor plus one wound. Like we love the idea of potentially putting this onto a fighter, making them large and breaking a bunch of upgrades that they have with them. Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Also just minus two move, making them more restricting them. Uh, to a minimum of zero, so they can go to zero move. You can make <laughs> you can make one of the uh, chosen, chosen axes, axes. <laughs> <laughs> completely immobile. Yeah, um, it's fascinating to yeah. contemplate. I find many of these that I will uh, per, I'll be happy to put them on my own fighters, mm-hmm. um, but then those niche cases where you're like, oh, you're gonna hate this, and yeah. you you pay the glory. Like, hey, look, it cost me something, and like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the last one, perfect blade, I think is probably spiciest. Um, yeah, I'd agree. So perfect blade, false gift. It is an attack action range one, three smash three damage. Yeah. Uh, that is a yeah. great attack action. No it's laugh. a fantastic yep. one. Uh, this fighter is not considered to have any other upgrades or attack actions <laughs> other than this attack action. Right. <laughs> that is wild uh and this is this is where i can really get carried away in like magical happy dreamland or whatever where i'm like oh my gosh yeah i'm thinking of uh i'm thinking of ephilim who is like dealt to the nines has the yeah. i'm gonna heal after every time i take damage i have extra damage for my spell or you know whatever the case and you're like no actually you have a cool sword yeah, let me just any, give you, you the layer blade. <laughs> yeah. And like uh, now you're just fixated on this blade and everything, nothing else matters, only this. Yeah. I mean, gosh, there are so many use cases for this, right? So, and like, because you also take away the fighter's own attack actions, you can yep. give this to Molog or Kanan and they can't make their scything attacks. Yep. Yep. Uh, you uh, Again, back to Ephilim, you say you no longer have a range for attack action. Yeah. You give it to Crazy. anybody with defensive tech, you know, somebody who's yeah. like you were doing to me where you're like, Hey, my fighter's got two block. This one's got right. two dodge or whatever. And you give this out and you're like, actually, you don't have that. You are back to your base defensive profile with no other tech. Uh, and so I think a lot of people are going to pick up this sword right before they die. Yep. And that's the other thing is, uh, like I said, best case scenario with obsession advice, uh, if you give this to a fighter who's vulnerable, but they have a plus one wound upgrade, this yeah. turns that off and they die yeah. instantly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think the highs of these false gifts are so high yeah. that, uh, I, I have a hard time imagining bringing this war band and not bringing those, uh, those three false gifts. With I them. think you take all three every time. Yep. I, I have so far every, everyone I've built and I've never been sad to see one in my hand. Yep. I mean, you got an infection, uh, uh, great fortitude with yep. invincible armor. I mean, who who's able to just go up to two block when they want to with an upgrade <laughs> on demand? And then yeah, perfect blade. Like I don't need a great strength. Three damage is basically what everybody's striving for. Like, yeah, I mean, we talked about all the all the downside of uh, perfect blade, like using it against. But here's the thing: like I talked about how Vexmore has not inspired for me ever. You're like, well, just kidding. He is now three smash three damage. Sure, he's not range two anymore, but right. Like, put that late in a round and all of a sudden he's a finisher that is that is legit and like even if you're just left with Lassevere, like she's yep. gonna still make this supported 
So it's yep. three hammers supported. Oh, I mean, she's yeah. already smacking three hammers, two damage with Grievous, but yeah. But if you just want to make sure that you don't have to roll the crit. Yeah. 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 It's, it's so good. I think the only person who doesn't like it is, uh, Vashtis. Yeah, that's true. But I, there are even going to be cases where Vashtis wants the, Hey, I've got move four. I'm flying. Uh, give me the chance to finish the game with a three damage, highly accurate attack. Uh, I'm going to go for it. Right. Or, yeah. you know, if your opponent charge and misses fails to kill Vashtis and they're yeah. range two or like at yeah. a distance, yeah. uh, Vashtis, you put perfect blade on them. Vashtis just charges or moves, uh, just out of range and they can keep poking them for the rest of the game while they just sit still with, uh, well, I suppose they could still move, but they have to take two activations to try and use the perfect blade yeah. against her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, as previously mentioned, there is the uh, perfect blade uh, mighty swing combo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would be <laughs> mental. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So obviously huge fans. This is one of my favorite things about this warband is these false gifts. It's such a cool mechanic. Um, love it. Love it. Love it. Yep. But that's not all they have for spicy upgrades. Yeah. Um, I, they do also have it in faction great strength. Um, but this is only when the target is already wounded. Statist, uh, sadistic epitome. I think um, you say that epitome. Epitome? Oh, yeah, epitome. Yep. <laughs> uh, so plus one damage to this fighter's attack actions that target an enemy fighter with one or more wound counters. Uh, what range did you say was it limited to? What? 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 No range limitations. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Spicy. Yeah, um, very nice. And Vashtis, when she inspires, she goes up to range four with her spell yep. attack. That's crazy. Yep. It's crazy. Yep. It is uh, It is a saucy, saucy upgrade. Very good. Yep. I was including it in, even in my control builds that were not, not super caring about uh, killing so much as like trying to deny, but I was like, this is too good to not pick up. And we already talked about, they have a temptation for a ping. So you got yep. a way to, and they also have a spell to cause a ping to the furthest from the caster. So if you set that up, lay yep. the foundation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a environment that has plenty of access to different pings. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is real tempting. Oh, tempting he says we still good no yeah i'm i'm I'm, uh i'm catching my own unintended pun this is very tempting lol good one yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right so i want to i want to call or do you have do you have something no go for it if you got one you're excited for do it oh i love the idea of song of corruption Mm. enemy fighters within two hexes of this fighter support this fighter's attack actions other than scything attack actions if they are not the target of that attack action. Yeah. What does that mean? That was a lot. <laughs> that was wordy. Uh, well, the art says it all. Uh, yeah. You've got Vexmore attacking Morgok and Art Skull's <laughs> winding up behind him. It's, so it's pretty amazing art. Yeah. The fighter who is equipped with this upgrade is being supported by enemy fighters within two hexes of this fighter. Yeah. So this doesn't feel like an auto take. Um, but it feels like a meta take. Like if you are, you're saying like, Hey, I think they're 
I think there's a situation where be facing, you know, high enough, uh, fighter counts or whatever. I, I, it's cool though. It, it is, it is an accuracy upgrade. Uh, as long as, as long as people are standing, you know, relatively close together. Uh, yeah. I, if, if nothing else, I'd love it for the mechanic. Um, and I, I will include it until it stops delivering. I, I like it because, um, escalating screams is still a thing. So mm-hmm. oh, even yeah, if sure. you're down to one fighter and it's not last severe, uh, you can get support from your enemies. I've scored this a couple. I've scored escalating screams a couple times because of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, fearsome fortress is still a thing. So brawling in the middle and clustering is still popular. Yeah, yeah, uh, real solid. Um, I you mentioned in passing. I want to call out Icon of Excess. Oh yeah, no, I wasn't uh, gonna. I wasn't gonna go on it without that. <laughs> So it's uh it's restricted to a caster. Again, you've got two of them uh or more if you're going force of frost. And this is a a spell action, so a whole action to do. Goes off on a focus. The caster takes one damage, all sounding pretty rough so far, but if it goes off then every surviving friendly fighter not range restricted can make one move or one attack action. Yikes. And I don't think they all have to be the same. No. I, I'm not sure. So it I it looks to me like each fighter can pick uh, which is crazy. So you can you can do this, uh, maybe move one fighter for a positional thing, and then have the other two attack, or or whatever. Um, this is this is incredible, um, and then repeatable uh, as far as you as long as you have health. Uh, and so I, I include it in the um, the sort of uh, cast spells control build. Um, yeah, this is situationally spectacular. Um, and then if you're down to one fighter, then it's a nothing. But, yeah, if you're down to one fighter, it's nothing. Uh, well, it's not even, I mean, it, it may still be something, you know, if you mm. needed one more casting role or one more successful spell cast, this, <sighs> this may still get you something. I know that's situational, but, yeah. but uh, situational is not nothing. So. But uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but the caster still gets dealt the damage whether or not the casting role is successful. Uh, interesting. Yep. So it does say deal one damage to this fighter if cast. Yep. So, uh, it doesn't say if cast deal one damage, it says deal one damage. And then, and then the next line is if cast. So yeah, you are correct. So it's rough. Uh, yep. so in my, in my ideal world, I put this on bash tish and I'll even give her invincible armor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can use this four times. Don't think we need to talk about many of the other upgrades. I, I don't think I've taken uh, unnatural swiftness is plus one move and plus one dice to this fighter's range one, range two attack actions while this fighter has no move or charge tokens. Yeah. So if you've got a fighter sitting around, they get plus one dice to their range one, range two. Yeah. And when they do decide to move their butt, they will get plus one move in that endeavor, but they lose the plus one dice because they will gain the move and or charge token. Yeah. I, I think that is actually uh, fairly worthwhile. And then I've if you have, if you happen to be taking the, um, well, I guess it's move or charge, but like there, there's, uh, a little bit of extra benefit if you are using the, uh, well-earned rest temptation, um, where you can, you can peel a move off of, uh, a fighter that has this. So, yeah, I think it's not busted, but I think it's very solid. It's really good. I think it's really good in, uh, rivals and then, uh, worthy of consideration in nemesis. Yeah. And, Real quick, Davey, why is Gourmand of Pain a trap? <laughs> so Gourmand of Pain is a spell reaction. 
needs a focus to go off, so kind of a bit. Then use yeah. after an attack action if this fighter is a target. If cast, deal one damage to one fighter within one hex of this fighter. So the only way this is going to work is if they did not drive you back or if they were goofy and drove you back next to somebody else on their team. I guess you could actually use it to damage your own folks to trigger some some of the objectives that we didn't even talk about. Um, but that is, that is like goofballs level, um, yeah. corner case. Um, yeah. So the only, the only time I can see this being a thing is if you are pairing this with void curse or something, yeah, which I that don't was think, my I don't think you're going to do. Like I, 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 I think their profiles are such that you probably aren't void cursing. I could be wrong. Um, I mean, void cursed is, is cool. Uh, and if you have the ability to like take out of sequence moves and then remove move tokens and maybe, but yeah, yeah but it, I, it, it's a trap there. There's, it needs for it to be good. It needs uh, bad choices from your opponent or combo play. And I think range two is prevalent enough to where they'll yep. just be like, okay, I won't be adjacent. Yeah, that's fair. All right. They have a weapon upgrade. They have another uh, upgrade to like cause damage to themselves in order to push after yeah. each activation. Um, like a damage yourself nah. to speed. Yeah. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah. yeah. All right, so I think that covers the Warband. Davey, yeah. any closing thoughts on that? Well, I just want to talk a little bit about pairings real quick. Of like course. What we, might, uh, what we might pair them with. So um, I'm going to throw it back at you. Uh, you, and, and mostly because you thought of a great name for it, Breakneck Ballet. <laughs> um, what, what, uh, what drew you to that right away? Uh, if listening to our uh, Death Gorgeous episode, uh, just having the kind of freedom to embrace the lack and like not caring about positioning and just kind of go with the fun of uh breakneck slaughter being uh tooth and claw meets billiards yeah um <laughs> so i basically it was in the box and i felt force of frost um didn't have as many objective synergies with uh thricefold discord so that's where predominantly what took that um yeah or sealed it in uh for what i was testing um and yeah, just kind of like leaning more aggro than control in this case. Sure, it's uh, it's been successful. Um, yeah, you're in our you and I's uh, our game has was really close, really um, close. And I got one, off to a good one, very uh, accurate miss away from being yeah. a blowout blowout in your favor. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like really aggressive, um, really strong start. But yeah, as far as it's been good. I've had to make some iterations, changes, uh, added some things, subtract some things, but it still brought a predominant um, majority of the Thricefold cards. I think my current iteration has five objectives from Breakneck Slaughter, mm. and then three ploys or three, yeah, three gambits and three upgrades out of Breakneck Slaughter. So, sure. Uh, for me, if I was reaching into the box, I, I already mentioned I took Force of Frost, and this was mostly because I just I thought, uh, again, talking about the the two surges, the um, uh, chorus and uh, the other one, basically the the, um, the two magic uh, casting surges. Like, can I couple this up with a deck that does a lot of casting? Uh, and because Force of Frost has uh, it has Bitter Storm 
which is a two glory surge if you successfully cast four. I was like, wow, that is crazy. And mm-hmm. you can do that. That is a two glory surge that you yeah. can successfully cast in the power step. Um, and then uh, the the deck comes with a, a couple of spell actions. So on top of that, there's there's ways to farm more uh, casting attempts. I was like that, that feels like something. So let me work from there. Um, and if you're cool. leveraging Icon of Excess, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting all the aggro and you're yeah. successfully casting. That'd be crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it could even be too successful casting because if you get uh, Icon of Excess and then Vashtis also <laughs> spell attacks, you can get two out of the same activation. Um, that sounds excessive. <laughs> exactly. Uh, it also has Cold Snap, which is if a spell takes somebody out of action. And uh, guess what? Force of Frost has a couple of pings, and you already have a couple of pings potentially uh, in-house uh, between Pavan if they decide to um, take the damage or the um, attack the farthest, the, the shards uh, spell. So that was kind of the core of it. Um, and then Maybe just you finding- just said there's more pings in Force of Frost. Perhaps in the future we should do a debate episode about are there too many pings in the game? <laughs> Is the that, prevalence of pings that may that may be a worthy debate episode if we ever finish doing uh, <laughs> deep dives? <laughs> oh, we will. Uh, we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so that, and then uh, if you listen to the previous episode then you know that I'm a fan of cold of the void, which is a nobody standing next to anybody. Um, I, so that's a, that's a low interaction one that you can, you can score um, and make people think. So I think there's a lot to be gained there. And then also um, uh, talking about control stuff, Frostworm cloak, which has uh, damage reduction. Uh, there is armor of ice, which brings you up to two block. That is uh, nifty. And then if you are trying to really lean into spells, there's the Everwinter Staff. So you can even make Last Severe a caster to give you some redundancy there. Um, on top of that. I can strong uh, cast too. Yeah, exactly. Too. Uh, and then Winter's Hunger is like, do I have a bunch of ice counters on somebody? Well, then they score. And so those that's the kind of stuff. If you're running a control build, you want to be like, can I score this? a uh, decent glory card without having to interact heavily. And um, that's one of them. So um, that is why I reach for force of frost chasm key, another one, but uh, that, that sounds I'm, I'm, uh, I'm leaning towards deep dive here. Sure. Yeah. I just, uh, but there was, there was a lot that made me think this is possible. Uh, making it as a nemesis deck meant, I was like, ah, you know, it's like any nemesis deck where you're like, hey, this is 80% awesome and 20%, like, I feel bad about these last inclusions, so. But I, um, so I leaned Breakneck Slaughter because of the objective strength. Did you find that the objectives were scoring well in Force of Frost? They were doing okay, but it really leaned on Vashtis. Like, if I I had to keep Vashtis safe at all costs, um, was, was what it came down to, so. Yeah, so I thought that there would probably be some play with seismic shock. I've been looking at it from the perspective of hold objective mainly, and not so much wizards because I was using, um, uh, like Zarbags and I mean, Ethelims a bit, but I ultimately went with fearsome fortress, uh, for the past season, but seismic shock, as I'm looking at the upgrades, there's a lot of passive potential here. And I mm. think that might lead to a problem with, uh, like even if Vexmore is only level one, like I think the ability to with cacophony and um, 
oh shoot what's the other card the chorus something yeah uh, those two surges on top of being able to just bring a bunch of extra spell action uh, spells and just sit back and cast there might be something here i i've claimed the prize just hold two um potentially if you are able to keep the three alive if you want to get greedy uh with shape the realm i don't think so sorcerer's treasure hunter definitely has more appeal to me um Mm -hmm. one or more friendly wizards are holding an objective and one or more of those wizards have three or more upgrades yeah two options there and they have a lot more it's like some lower scoring ones but sorcerer's treasure hunter is two uh claim the prize is three uh you know, I, it compared to how poor the end phase cards for Thricefold Discord, I think Seismic Shock has some reliable stuff. Sure. Um, that I'm going to have to do a lot of experimenting. <laughs> Exploit <laughs> the lane lines, burnt out. Yeah. Manipulating the realm sphere. It, it's half baked right now at best, but willing to share <laughs> that. Keep an eye out. Yeah, I think they got some great potential. I do think uh, they are a strong war band, but they're not a like immediate out of the box. You know, um, I don't think they have the power disparity of Gnarlwood or Weird Hollow's uh, box pairings. I feel like uh, Weird Hollow is definitely closer than Gnarlwood, and this mm-hmm. is even closer. Yeah. Um, out of the out of the box, do you think they're the favorite of the two? Uh, Which means Siren Eye and Discord? I mean, kind of, but it, it feels close. Like the games I've had, the games I've had, uh, in, in my experience, uh, Thricefold has won the matchups that I've done, but they've been extremely, they've been like one attack action away from just collapsing. And that's that's the uh, that's the nature of running a three-fighter warband is, uh, is sometimes you're down to one fighter and you need, you need one attack to miss to keep that one fighter alive. And then you can really start to, to roll from there. So, yeah, I do think they have a slight edge, but I, I feel like that might just be siren. I needing a little bit more time. Yeah. Yep. That's fair. Uh, any thoughts on championship? Is there, um, I think that they are going to be able to like when you totally, tear open the options of all the objectives yeah. um, to them. I think they're going to be just fine. They're going to be great yeah. in championship. So I think we talked about uh, a build that I did with force of frost and a potential build you were thinking about with uh, seismic shock. I think if you access to both those, there is definitely a magic build that is pretty solid there. Yeah. Cause I, neither I of them just... are plot locked. Right, exactly. I think you just lean hardcore into those, and then you still have access to a plot lock somewhere if right. you want. You know, it's wild. It, yeah. Um, so I think that has a ton of access. Uh, I also want to play around with um, with kind of a toxic terrors and um, paths of prophecy. Also, not plot lock, so you can still reach elsewhere. Uh, but try and go control without the use of spells. Uh, and this yeah. is um, this is a little bit harder objective wise, but you then can take the, um, uh, what's the paths of prophecy one I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, devoted offerings where you, um, have done three gambits, uh, three ploys, right? Uh, yeah. This so devoted the- offerings doesn't play nicely with, uh, with spell casters. 
because uh, if you're using gambit spells, it dilutes you too far. But if you step away from that and go gambits hard, I think there's a lot of the you take the control poisons that come with toxic terrors uh, and some of the passive scoring that comes with passive prophecy, and, mm. and you you may have something to build there with whatever you mix it with. Um, so those are the two routes again because i i'm leaning i'm trying out with the control builds but uh you were you did the breakneck slaughter uh what if we're thinking aggro wise like what championship considerations do you have well you got me thinking that like a uh passive control build would be really nasty with them um yeah but yeah breakneck slaughter uh what breakneck slaughter i find is crazy because it offers um the defensive upgrades as well like Tooth and Claw was kind of purely offense. Yeah. Um, but really, the you only need to buff up Blast Severe um, yeah. is the one really standing out. But Vexmore, if he doesn't inspire, yeah. um, could use the help too. Um, just leaning full aggro. I don't know if they need Void Curse Thralls with the extra uh, move actions and mobility in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, if you got weighty blessing on somebody and you can take them with a three block, (laughs) it's like, (laughs) Uh, also a favorite card of mine is sadistic stab. Uh, uh, I was trying to remember what that was called. Yeah. yeah. Unlocks for slanish even more. Yeah. It works so much better for dread pageant because dread pageant. So if you, so what sadistic stab is, is after the attack roll, um, no, it's after the defense roll. So you get to see what the results are you can choose whether or not to use it. You're yeah. going to deal an extra damage to the opponent and a damage to yourself. Yeah. If you're Slanesh, you also have cleave in the attack action. So if you need that to break through, it's massive. Um, yeah. Dread pageant like it more because if the attack action successful, the cow or dread uh, Basilac can just heal that damage. You just caused yourself in the same activation. Yeah. Um, not so here, uh, but cleave is still accessible here. Sure. Um, so I, think... I mean, this this makes that uh, that last of your missile really oh. frightening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. I love that. Mm. Oh, I, I I'd have to even look again at um, some Grand Alliance like Wizard. They they've got to have some Wizard stuff that I've been overlooking because that all came out when before Wizards were a thing. Yeah, I it's got my brain buzzing, and that's what you want out of a new warband yeah all right so i think that wraps things up uh any last things you wanted mentioned uh i think i think what makes this i mean i i've I've covered it a bunch of times but i think having a unique mechanic having uh casting but like three very different fighters means that there's a lot of there's there's a lot of options that are available to this warband it feels like they're wide open to um, building like when you were running again, when you're running breakneck slaughter at me and I was running, uh, for reference, I was running the void cursed gore chosen. Uh, I think I've called them gore cursed thralls. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that is a pretty aggro war band that has great end phases because they have, they're so reliable. And, uh, you came close to like tabling me, uh, part of the way through round two, like it was just that much output and speed and uh, damage options that you had. Um, and so 
me having spent so much time building towards like control options, I was really impressed by like how aggro you were able to be with those guys uh, and how on the back foot I was with my own aggro warband. Yeah. Um, I, and I, think- I do really like that uh, matchup, like Gore Chosen versus Discord. Uh, mm-hmm. It's because elite three fighter chunky warbands, that's, I really like how they've differentiated the two. Yeah. Um, yep just thematically is really really cool absolutely uh what about you any final thoughts here uh having seen the mortal side with dread pageant and now the demon side with thraceful discord this is not slanishy of me to say but i'm quite satisfied um (laughs) however i feel that's also because i feel spoiled with the recent wave of fantastic chaotic releases evelyn scabix uh even gnarl spirit as problematic children as they are uh they they've all been really fun to play um and i it the party continues for me with uh thricefold discord um but that being said bring it on i want to see more (laughs) yeah yeah the i want to maybe some slaves to darkness would be on my wish list but otherwise chaos has quite a roster right now of fun and interesting warbands concur all right, so I think that's it for us. You can reach out to us at What the Hex Cast on the format formerly known as Twitter, now X, and you can email us uh, at whatthehexcast at gmail.com. Check out all of our content at themortalrealms.com. And special thanks to the Mortal Realms for allowing us to be a part of their greater network. Check out their content as well uh, Dogs of Warcry and Path to Story. Um, narrative-themed Age of Sigmar content there for you. Uh, coming up, we've got three following minisodes covering Sirenized Razors, uh, the Force of Frost, and Breakneck Slaughter. Um, we are still wanting to cover uh, this rotation, so give us your Herodeep era cards or interactions that you'll be glad to see go or wish were staying general thoughts on that and we'll you know maybe get an episode talking about all that um davy are you ready for a flavor text quiz uh, i really hate when the tables are turned like this but yeah go for it all right so it is obviously from the card pool of thricevolt discord yeah it's hard I, to f- I, I have well okay I'm, I'm filing away i'm writing on a piece of paper what my prediction is but you go for it <laughs> okay <laughs> Oh, oh, so tables are turned. You're trying to see if I'm predictable. <laughs> All right. It's hard to feel like you're besting a foe when they enjoy it. Ooh. Um, this is not... So I was I was very uh, confident that you were going to pick uh, the one that is... Uh, I, think you, I thought you were going to pick Euphoric Killers, which is mm. uh, Corn Cares Not. No, everybody wins. Last year, the blessing, the bladed blessing. Um, this feels like an objective, and I bet you it's the objective where like everybody's wounded. Um, and I can't remember what that one's called. It's mm. something about um, it's like pain or something fueled fueled by pain or something. He is correct. Fueled right. by pain. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's a that's a that's a great flavor text quiz because that's when you can like logic out based on that like on the uh, on the quote itself cool yeah all right 
Cool. Uh, so your recommended listening for today, picked by me. I'm going to stick with my theme. Uh, this one's by Lords of the Trident from their album album Frostburn, and this is Kill to Die, a ludicrous I'm, track. I'm going to counter with a. Are you going to get a twofer because uh, nope. uh, I'm going with a Steve Earl. I ain't ever satisfied. Oh, is, <laughs> uh, off of Exit Zero. So, excellent. All right, that's all for us. I've been your host, Brian. And I've been Davey. Uh, so cracking into objectives. Uh, uh, try it again. Upgrades. Oh boy. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Uh, isn't there isn't there a um, seismic shock thing, which is after you take a make a spell action, you heal one? Am I? Mm, that would be nuts. <laughs> Listen to us clicking on keyboards. Yeah. Is it an upgrade or? It's in Seismic Shock. It is an upgrade. Um, well, what am I thinking of? I guess I'm going to. Are you thinking of uh, something from Phil's Magic Build? Or you're thinking of Mazik's Magefish? That's it. Mazik's Magefish. Yeah. Yeah. Which is probably about to rotate. And that's after a spell attack action. Boom, boom, boom. Clicking again. Mazik's Magefish. Yeah, it's a Harrow Deep Era card. Uh, so it's um, it's so going to be gone. Yep. Um, after the spider's spell attack action or spell or spell action. So it would work. Oh, it would. Spell action or spell attack action if it's some cast. Real, so it has real, to be cast. But yeah, you could heal one or give a guard. Some real busted relic play here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's a lot of stuff I can cut out. Cool. Yep. Um,